fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale, and I am so honored and privileged to have with me today, Austin Maliallo. How's it going, Austin? How's it going? How's the it honor going? is mine. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I'm a big timeline guy, and if let me first introduce you. If people don't know, you are an OG legend, eight-time CrossFit Games athlete, CrossFit seminar staff level, and you're a level four. Uh, you've been seminar staff since 2010, um, and now you are the general manager of affiliates. I think is your title. Yeah. So actually, my yeah. So my official title now is you know uh, of uh, operations and acquisition and strategy for affiliates. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it adds to the mouthful of stuff. So yeah, just uh, of 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 being a part of CrossFit for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. And with your, with your rapid climb in the last couple years, like you have to update LinkedIn, you have to update Instagram. You have to like, that's gotta be a process in of itself. It's, it's funny it's, you say that. I think, uh, yeah, it's, and it's obviously that's, that's not front of mind. I don't often think of that until, you know, someone that I don't know, you know, a lot of people reach out from, from different avenues and, you know, they, they reference whatever is on said platform. I'm like, Oh, I should probably update that. Or, you know, it's, I often get reminded by that perspective. So it, but it's, um, it's a definitely a new world where, you know, even five years ago, that's not something that you thought too much about, but we're in the day and age of communication where a lot of people, if you're on those platforms will reach out. Um, so it's important to make sure that the information's up to date. So, you know, if they're looking, you know, to, to reach out on a, on a specific topic, it's uh, it's relevant, but it's, it definitely adds to the complexity of, of the world we live in nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. What's fun for me is a lot of people forget to update that stuff or forget what they've put there. Um, and then as a podcaster, I can like research, find this tidbit they left in like 2015, forgot all about, bring it up and like, how did you know that about me? And you know, right. so it, it makes it fun, but uh, but I can, I can only imagine, I, gosh, I don't even think I've updated my LinkedIn in years. Yeah. LinkedIn's a, a, a unique place. It's something that, you know, but I get a lot of inbound on there now, you know, you know, and so I don't know if that means I'm just getting older or if the platform's getting, getting, getting bigger, I'm not really sure, but so it's, uh, which I need to, it is due for an update now that you say that. So you've given me a, a good weekend project. <laughs> well, there you go. So, um, I'm a big timeline guy. So I, I want to build a timeline just about your history and what got you to where we are today and then hit on kind of the future and where we're going with affiliates and CrossFit. So you found CrossFit early on, um, back in late 2000s, however we delineate That's that. Right. Um, and you were a personal trainer that just was kind of, someone said, hey, try this. Do you want to fill us in on that, that story a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, for a lot for for a lot of us that that found CrossFit in 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 you know, in its early years, 
you it was all it was word of mouth right because crossfit.com was really the only one of the you know the only places you'd hear about crossfit there wasn't many affiliates back then so oftentimes there was someone that had heard about it that had experienced crossfit whether they did a workout or they knew someone that did uh, and and so that was me so i was at a i was at a traditional gym personal training and the, the there's a trainer at the gym and and, and for those of you that had you know at personal trained in, in traditional gyms or currently do there's always one like veteran trainer it's been around seems like forever they they train all like they, you know they have the unique clients and the stories and you know they get you know they they're the mentor right the unofficial mentor of, of of the gym space and um eric was his name i'll never forget it and and he was like yo you got to try this crossfit thing and i was like what is that he had no idea it's like well you know they kind of explained the workouts and they had this workout called fran you know, and, you know, I'm like, well, what's that? And he explained it. And I was like, oh, no, I was just a, a classic meathead at the time, you know, where, you know, and he, he explained 95 pound thrusters, like 95 pounds, that's light, you know, just kind of scoffing at the, um, the rep scheme and the loading. Uh, but I did it. And it, you know, it floored me, put me on my back. I'm sure none of my reps counted. Um, but nonetheless, it gave me a, a dose that um, it left me questioning my current fitness regimen, but also sort of much more inquisitive of what this CrossFit thing is. And, um, and so that, that raised my eyebrow and, and really, I, then, then I started to dig in, went to CrossFit.com and, you know, had the classic, probably one month transition phase of still doing what I was doing, but like, you know, dabbling on CrossFit.com, not knowing I was doing CrossFit workouts, but I'm sure, and I know not, not, I wasn't really doing anything correctly, but doing them enough to, um, get a stimulus in there for an adaptation. So that's how I, that's, that's really how I found out and then really dove into CrossFit.com, the CrossFit journal, learned about the courses that were offered, um, you know, just, which was, I think for many of us early on, that was, that was the route, a workout, put you on your back and then, you know, resist a little bit because no one likes being put on their back, right? Your ego gets, gets, gets checked a little bit. And then from there, you know, sort of, you know, in the off hours and no one's looking, you really start to learn about it and then you realize it's pretty cool. And then, um, you know, go all in. So I've, I've heard you say, um, a couple of times that you were addicted to every second counts. And what's funny is, uh, my buddy, Charlie and I, we just did a review of our top five all time favorite CrossFit documentaries. Mm -hmm. And that one was number one on my list mm -hmm. because What's funny is you go into that focusing on this group of guys and none of them end up winning. The, the winner comes out of nowhere and uh, kind of shocks the whole world. And it was just a raw look at like the, the beginnings of CrossFit. So what detracted you to that documentary? Gosh, well, you know, a few things and you know it's it's funny there it's actually i think like uh, on my shelf behind me here like I, I not only bought the dvd but i also like you could buy the um the programs uh from the crossfit games so you know so when i when i learned about crossfit i, I you know i i learned about it from a selfish perspective which was just my fitness well i was not in the beginning at all thinking about how i can train people or anything at all it's like oh this is something i can do and then I was like, oh, there's this competitive aspect to it. So then I started to dig into it and I bought the, the, the I think the 2008, you know, you know, it's like a guide, right? It's sort of, and, and it, was, it had like an athlete's picture and then it had their stats. And so that's how I started to train. I was like, I'll just do these workouts and try to 
beat the times listed next to the best people. So I, 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 I literally went around, circled the best times of the best athletes. And I was like, I got to beat them. And then there's a documentary. I was like, well, I got to learn about this. Right. So I, I bought the documentary. That was why I got it. And then I started watching it and I do have a bit of a personality of all in. Right. So it's my, my, if I decide to go in on something, the bar is relatively low uh, in the sense of like, okay, now we're, I'm just going to watch it all the time. But it was, what, there, there are so many intriguing aspects to that. One, the, the fact that the, the cast of characters were so diverse, of different people, different backgrounds. Um, and, and they were all had like really like different specialties, different niches, right? Um, you know, obviously it's, you know, my, you know, my favorite, someone that resonated with me a lot and someone I'm, I'm, I'm friends with now is Josh Everett. And just that, you know, that story was really cool and just kind of what he was doing and how he was training. The Olympic lifting thing was really interesting to me, which obviously was something that, um, you know, he spoke about. Um, and, and, but also, you know, you, you had the understanding and there's, a, there's a couple interviews in there that, that always stick with me. The one with Greg, uh, and I was, he was getting interviewed somewhere about, why this was happening and and what like what the goal is and i'll just never forget that statement of like you know we we want to learn what's happening and if you come here and you tell us you know you have an athlete and you tell us all your members have muscle ups at your gym we want to know what you're doing we want to learn about that and he talked about how egalitarian the, you know crossfit is and in, in the nature of you know learning from the best and, and that's what kind of bringing everyone together is to identify is something happening in these gyms that we should be learning and then disseminating to, to other uh, gyms and th those things really stuck with me because it, it was yes it was this competition aspect but it was also it, it was a really good glimpse inside the the machine and back then there wasn't a lot of that I think now we're a little spoiled because there's so much media from all over where that was that was really it uh, the videos on dot com were you know of of like a grainy little video of someone just doing air squats to death metal which is awesome but there wasn't a lot of that that you know the material at that time so um much to my to my wife's di you know, dismay we did watch that a lot um it was either that or we were watching you know our, our the friends reruns because that was her favorite so that was um that was our entertainment you know early on <laughs> so uh alexis de Troyes says the deadlift king and she should know because she's married to the deadlift queen uh, which is Carol oh yeah oh okay. <clears throat> well yes and, and I think that I think the last time we I had the opportunity to to deadlift in the same vicinity was in 2019, at the uh, at the Arnold Classic or like it was when they did the first record breakers like when the world was about to shut down if I'm not mistaken, that was fun that was um that was a good time that it was very surreal because we actually when we were at that event there were no fans, they only had athletes at that time it was like they they went back and forth between canceling it and. Um, so it was just an empty, massive, you know, expo hall with a bunch of maniacs deadlifting for two minutes. Yeah, I was, I was at the Arnold that year. I was judging yeah. the CrossFit yeah. competition. Um, okay. so I was a few people allowed in other than the athletes. Cause I was judging it was, and I live in Columbus. So, um, I've been to the Arnold a million times. It was so eerie being there with no fans. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because when I think back of it and I, you know, and I think I've been to the Arnold once after, I mean, just everything's so packed, right? Like, like I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder and, and it was just nothing. It was very, very surreal. But you know, the, what was cool about that, not to get too off topic was the, 
the strongmen were there and the competitors alongside of some of us CrossFitters. And since there was no one there, it was a very um, intimate environment. Everyone's guards were down, right? Because when, when there's a lot of people there, there's a lot more, you know, it's a, you have to be a little more aware. You have to be mindful of where you are, so on and so forth. But we could just walk anywhere. You know, I remember just sitting next to Thor and just chatting with him and just you know and, and not and try not to feel like very insignificant because he's seven times the size of me but those types of things were like normally that doesn't happen because you're being whisked away and doing different things so that was a very unique moment but you know surreal nonetheless yeah 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 i'll never forget it um i actually haven't even been back since and i live right here in columbus um right. i was kind of because i worked security there for five years probably before that um and it it's a lot. It's a lot to take in all at once. So back to you. So one thing I want to kind of use against you is your own words. I was at the Midwest affiliate gathering and, um, and you made this phrase that like we find CrossFit, we fall in love with it. We want to share it. So we want to become a coach. We get our L1, we start coaching, we fall in love with it more. And then we want to own an affiliate. And that's, that is the trajectory of your life. You know, you fell in love with it. Only you just add the competitive piece in there as well. But, um, so how long did it take you to fall in love with it and want to be a coach? Yeah. So it's a great question. And, and so I was a personal trainer. So I think there was this under, you know, I went to school for exercise science and I was personal training when I found CrossFit. And I think for certainly a lot of us that had that route, not everyone has that, but some, you know, some have that is, you know, I, I knew, I, I, I loved that, that aspect of, it was always rooted in working hard and fitness where as an athlete growing up, I was never, you know, I played sports, but I was never the, you know, the good athlete, but, but you know, I was never gifted. I just knew I had to work hard. And my dad taught me that at a younger age and went to school for exercise science. And as I went through that, that journey, it was somewhat underwhelming, right? Going to school for all that. And it was, you know, there wasn't a lot there. Right. And, but so personal training was just some, one of those things you do, but I didn't really have a thought process of what was next. There was no real, like, what do you do after you, know, you, you personal train for some time? So when I found CrossFit again, I found it from a competitive angle to start, right? I was like all in on that. And the first step was at that time, I need to go get my level one because if I'm going to compete, I need to learn about CrossFit. It was, it just seemed logical to me. I didn't, the thought process, it wasn't more than if I want to compete at CrossFit, I need to go to learn from CrossFit, right? It was, which in hindsight made a lot of sense and, you know, little things. Cause I just didn't know what it's like movements were like Sumadol of Hypo. never heard about that before, you know, rowing. And there was all these things that I just had never done. And yet they were so you know, integrated into the, to the CrossFit workouts and, 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 and the ecosystem. And again, keep at that point, there wasn't a lot of content or media around the methodology. Like now you can get a lot of it out there to, to, to really wet your palate if, if you want. So I went to my level one and that was, that, that's, that sparked the fire. Like many, I was like, wow, this, this is, so not only for me, you know, from an athletic perspective, but then from a, a methodology perspective, from a community perspective, I was like, this is really cool, right? This is something from a training piece. So I started to integrate it into my, my, my personal training, basically started training people with the CrossFit methodology. And 
then I quickly, that, that's when I really dug, you know, and then I started reading every CrossFit journal article at that time. I literally printed them out. I actually still have them in, in you know, in my lower bookshelf, like, like a maniac. I decided to print them and laminate the pages. Don't do that anymore because you, it would be very, uh, you know, not cost effective and not, not good for anything. But back then you could, I, you know, I think it was once a month or, you know, at the time the articles were coming out. So I was print them and read them. Um, and so then I was like, all right, well, I got to try to find an affiliate. Cause this is, you know, if I'm going to do CrossFit, I'm going to try to find one. There was not many around, but I remember dropping into my first CrossFit affiliate, which was, um, it was, I think it was CrossFit Saratoga, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and just outside of Albany in Boston spa. And it was a garage in a neighborhood. And I just remember driving down that road and I was like, oh, this is not right. This is, this is a neighborhood. This is not where a gym would be. And it's, it was like, it was also like a weekend. So it was like Saturday or Sunday morning at like 7 a.m. So some, you know, I'm like, man, people are going to think I'm the weirdo driving down this road to a cul-de-sac. Like, like I, I, I'll never forget that. And so I'm driving real slow. No idea where I am. And I'm like, I see a tire back there. I'm like, you know, it's this a neighborhood where you just don't see a gigantic tire, you know, in, in a driveway. So I'm like, All right, I think this is it. Get out of my car walk like creepily down the driveway. Cause I'm like, this is the address. Sure enough. The, the two, you know, the, the two garage doors are open. There's some music playing a rope hanging down from the uh, ceiling and, um, and some pull-up bars, you know, you know, on, to, on the wall. And I was like, this is it. And I did the filthy 50 there. And I was like, this is awesome. You know? And I just, you know, it was, it was uh, I, I just, um, I believe it was Susan and Chris, and, you know, they had their family inside, you know, making breakfast for their kid. And it was, it was just a whole experience. And, and I just remember that moment. And then I w- uh, subsequently went to drop into more affiliates and train at more affiliates. But obviously, it's very different than a traditional gym, right? Very different experience. Um, so that, that, and that was just a tradition. I, I don't, I think that journey was at that time very similar for many people. You start to get your feet wet into the community. You jump in and you realize it's something different. And then you get intoxicated, rightfully so, by the results and efficacy of the program, right? I think that's another thing is just, it just, it was, I'd been working out very consistently for a long time, do CrossFit for five or six months. And it just, just earth shattering the adaptation that happens. So there's that alongside of this very, at that time, it's very counterculture, um, very unique. No one else was talking about this type of stuff. Um, so it was a perfect storm back then, certainly for me, where I'll never forget someone asked me a question. I think it was towards the end of my college career. And someone's like, why do you work out? Because I wasn't an athlete, you know, like, like, they're like, what's the purpose behind you working out so much? Because I did love working out. And I thought it was a very interesting question because I didn't have an answer at that time in my life. Right. Was it just for vanity? Was it just for just because I've always worked out when I was playing sports, but man, it really, I, and I remember at that time, obviously, you know, like you don't, you don't articulate challenges to anyone. You just sort of internalize, but now I look back and I think, man, like that was, and then when what CrossFit did was it gave me a purpose. It gave me something to chase performance. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't have this movement. I don't have this skill. I need my time to go down or, or my lift to go up. And it gave me something to pursue where oftentimes specifically when you're out, out of college, there is not that, right? Chasing anything from, from an actual physical capability perspective really goes away at, in our adult life. The beauty of CrossFit is that, you know, you have that opportunity to strive for something. 
and it may be different for everyone, but you walk in, it's maybe your first pull-up, hanging from the pull-up bar for 10 seconds, you know, or trying to make it to some level of competition. And so that was, that's what really sucked me in and it, it, it made it real sticky. And, and that's, and that's that journey. I think a lot of people go through is that it affects them to a degree that really impacts their life. And then you're like, this is really great. And then maybe it's, Hey, I want to train a lot or I want to work out a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to coach at a gym, right? Like, I think it's okay that that's, that's a pathway. Then you realize that there's, it can be as impactful if not, and arguably it is more to train others, to see those moments, to get their firsts, to, to get them in the door. So I think that you have that feeling. That's also why CrossFit coaches and gyms, it's very rarely do you find like, you know, excuse my language, like shitty people, right? Because it's, yep, you're, you're, you're in service of, and, you know, if, if you are truly in service of other people in this higher purpose, then usually it weeds out the riffraff along the way. Yeah, it's funny that that story speaks to me so much because my first experience was, um, I was over 500 pounds and my next door neighbor owned a CrossFit affiliate. He worked me out in my garage for a couple months, asked me to come to the gym. I show up, it's a volleyball center. And in basically they shared the space of the workout area in the back of the volleyball center and converted it to a CrossFit gym for a couple hours a day. Mm. And now they're a 10 year affiliate in a like 15,000 square foot facility of their own and doing remarkably well. But, um, but I walked in that day and it was the first time in my life. I felt like I could be an athlete again Mm. in that one hour, they flipped a switch for me to be from a 500 pound guy to someone who could be an athlete again. And it, and it never stopped. It just, because every day you go into the gym and there's new things to conquer, new things to, to win at. And, um, and it just gets that athlete mentality back for so many people. That's right. And, yeah, and, I, and, and I went and got my L1 and I ended up coaching as well. So, um, so yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's that, that whiteboard is a really powerful tool. You know, it's uh, if harnessed correctly, you know, I think sometimes the whiteboard nowadays gets a little bad rap of like competition or, you know, judgment or things like that. But I think that if, if really harnessed correctly, like you said, it can, it can be something that is really powerful to chase results and to feel like an athlete and to have purpose. And, you know, oftentimes now, like, you know, I, I work out a lot on my own in the garage at five in the morning, but I write my workout on my whiteboard. I put my time down, you know, and it just, it's, it's just even that accountability of having it written down and knowing that you have to, you're recording it, starting the clock, those things, which are outside the CrossFit ecosystem are somewhat unheard of, right? When you tell someone just to start the clock for a workout, they say, well, why? You know, it's like, well, we got to measure it. Right. Um, You know, so those types of things, um, you know, are, are so, simple so elegant yet so important to the program and and as we've gotten bigger it's easy to look at those things and say oh they're they they can bring negative as opposed to like anything it's there's there's responsibility right with 
when something can yield such powerful results, there's also there's a responsibility to make sure it's applied correctly because anything can sway in in in, in a different direction if it's not channeled correctly. I agree completely. So at some point, and this is where the timeline gets fuzzy for me, is you either a get connected with Reebok or b you're opening your own affiliate. I know at one time you had like four different affiliates at one time. Mm-hmm. What came first, the affiliate or Reebok? Yeah, um, so it was it was it was Reebok. So it was I went to the CrossFit Games in 2010, and that was the time that was the year they actually signed the deal with. So that was when CrossFit and Reebok signed their deal at the end of that year, and so they were reaching out to athletes to to bring onto their roster. And it was sort of they were building it initially as you know they didn't have any athletes and. Um, and I had finished at the games and I believe 2010, I finished sixth, if I'm not mistaken. So had the, I, I well got lucky. And, um, and so th- that's how I got connected to like, Hey, we want to bring you on the roster to be a sponsored athlete, which back then was sort of like, it, just, I didn't believe it. Right. Like it was just very, I mean, nothing was happening in it. Like for, for reference, 2010 CrossFit games, we got a cinch bag, a water bottle, and 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 like a cutoff t-shirt you know that was what athletes got right that was the that was the bag you know that was the you know now obviously we all know whatever all the athletes get um so i got introduced to reebok from that perspective and i actually went to their headquarters you know and they reebok does such a great job right they're used to signing like nfl but they had a huge nfl roster at the time and so they're used to uh, this wonderful song and dance where you know to some young 20 year old kid that did crossfit it's it's it was so overwhelming and very cool that but they had just because of that they had a warehouse where they kind of just threw some crossfit equipment They're like yeah we have a coach coming in once in a while to coach um you know our our members and i remember i and i, I was just like hey well if you need if if you ever feel like you need you know coaching help or support let me know i just kind of threw my name in that i was living in albany at the time um with my now wife she was um she was working outside of Albany. So we were there and I was actually working at Albany CrossFit at um, Jason Ackerman's gym that he used to own and has since moved on from in Seoul, but it still exists there. Um, and, and so then it is sort of, you know, right time, right place, but also a really good life lesson of just, Hey, like if you rate, like when you raise your hand to do something, some, you know, some, you know, something may come of it or not, but I remember getting the call like, Hey, if you want to come out and coach, we, we, we'd like to, to offer more classes and have it be less of like, you know, just a coach coming in to coach, you know, a morning class. And it was a bit of a risk, right? Uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, living in, in, you know, in New York, but I decided to, you know, Hey, like, seems like there's an opportunity here. You know, Reebok's a big brand. Um, obviously they had, a, they, had a, they had a long deal. They signed with CrossFit. So I moved to Boston um, and started coaching there full time. So that's, that was how I got, you know, so not only I was an athlete, but I was coaching and, and that was in 2000, end of 2010, beginning 2011. And I had also, so that time is when I went, that's when I got on seminar staff as well, right around that same time. And, and then I opened up when I started opening up my gyms, my first gym I opened up. So I was managing Reebok CrossFit One. Then we opened up uh, CrossFit One Nation in Needham, I think 2013 or 14, right around there. So that was when I opened up my first affiliate outside of running Reebok CrossFit One. Very cool. So how, when when does the connection with James and Spencer come? 
So, so, so James, so my, my connection with James started early in, in, uh, 2010, we competed against each other, um, you know, in the, in the parking lot in Albany, um, of, of, you know, of, of, I think it was actually called regionals back then we had sectionals and regionals. So we competed against each other and we went, we competed at the games. I don't think we liked each other. It was probably me. James is the nicest person. And I was probably just a jerk. Uh, but we did, I remember like we bumped contacts. I don't know if you, like, this was like really, like there was an app called bump. It's, uh, how you could like share information. I'll never forget. He's like, do you have bump? I was like, no, I don't. And he, and so I had to like download an app to share contacts. I'll never forget that for, for some reason N- now airdrop, but back then it was some app. And so we stayed in contact. Oh, and, and so James and I got a, like, just, just from being relatively close, you know, he, um, you know, he lived in the mass area. Um, and then, so when I moved out, we, we had the opportunity to train a little bit more together. And then Spencer obviously met him through competing as well. And, and then, so James was always in the Massachusetts area. So we naturally were, were training a little more. He was at CrossFit New England. Um, so we, we crossed paths a lot. And became closer over time. Spencer actually, um, gosh, I, I think what happened was he was looking for a coaching job and wanted to come up and work at Reebok Cross One. We were looking for to hire coaches. And if if I'm not mistaken, he came up and I didn't. We didn't hire him. And and I gave him feedback. I remember and like about like you know how to get better, so on and so forth. And yeah, I hope I'm not messing the story up. Gosh, it feels like uh, so long ago. And he went home and actually like worked on that feedback, worked with other coaches, actually worked with some other people on seminar staff to get, you know, to, to improve his, his, his efficiency and efficacy as a coach came back and, and did so much better. And then we actually hired him. So then he moved up to uh, Massachusetts to coach at, at Reebok Cross at one. So and I'll never forget that because now that I look at this, you know, he, I remember I was really impressed because back then, you know, again, it was just a much smaller pool of coaches with the community was a little smaller and he went out and, and, and addressed the feedback and got way better. Um, and then got on seminar staff, I think right around that same time as well. Um, James was on seminar staff as well. So we started to develop, you know, we, so that's how we all got even tighter because we were all uh, within a similar ecosystem. So, so we all essentially were coaching and working out together in some way, shape or form, you know, within the greater Boston area for some time. And so through all this coaching and affiliate owning, you develop the hand plan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a programming um, for people that they could purchase and follow. How did that come to be? And if you said that you and James didn't get along initially, but apparently that changed over time. And again, Spencer jumps in that and you guys come up with this system. How did that all, how did that all come to fruition? Yeah. So yeah, probably, yeah. James, I think is the, is, was, has always been and is like the friendliest person in the CrossFit ecosystem. So, you know, it's very rare, you know, it's like, it's like, Oh, we're competitors. And then like two days later, it's like, Oh no, we're friends. Let's, let's work out. Um, and, the hand plan actually came. So Spencer and I started the hand plan early on Handel and Maliolo. Okay. That that's as creative as we got. Okay. That, you know, um, that's, that was the hand plan. Um, 
there's another alternative meaning that's not PG that also worked out well um, if, if you wanted to, to go down that route. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was the Handel and Maliolo plan. And really some of the, the origin story on it, I think it, it's, it's, it's funny is we were both competing at the CrossFit Games and we were very different athletes. You know, he's very tall, athletic, I'm very short, not athletic, um, you know, so everyone and everyone was like and but we would trade together and it would it would baffle a lot of people like well how do you guys do the same workouts you're literally you couldn't be more different and we had very different strengths and weaknesses obviously spencer couldn't do one handstand push-up and i couldn't snatch 10 pounds right so that was sort of like you know our our, our strengths and weaknesses so um so we started to like just communicate with athletes in the ecosystem that were looking for support or help and of course you know the, the vertically challenged group would, would gravitate towards me and the taller athletes, bigger athletes would gravitate towards Spencer. Cause back then, you know, in the early, you know, 2000, you know, 12, 13, 14 timeframe, there wasn't a lot, there were only a handful of, of bigger athletes too. Spencer was the first CrossFit athlete, I believe to snatch 300 pounds too. Like, you know, so he had, to, you know, that, that was a really big moment, certainly back then. Um, so we started to like many people at that time, were like, well, we should, like write programming for athletes because they're asking for it. Um, and we're, we're doing this and we, and we can talk about how we actually, we talked about targeting and tweaking workouts based off strengths and weaknesses. That's how we would do things. So Spencer and I would work out with each other, but we would tweak based off what we needed to work on. Um, so that's how we started that, that programming um, template. And, and then that evolved to affiliate programming because over time, we would get the questions that like, well, we don't want to, you know, like, well, we don't want to take class. We want to follow your programming. And that was fundamentally against what we believed in running an affiliate. And it was one of those, like, you don't know until you know type of thing. Like, man, like, are we pulling athletes out of class because of individual programming? That's not what we want. Um, so we started programming for affiliates and reached out to their affiliates and said, hey, here's, we can do affiliate programming that actually works with competitor programming so they can take class. That was really important to us at that time. Because we were taking class at our field, like that's like we, we we were never just on our own plan. We were always a part of the community. If we had extra stuff, we would do it um, on the side and 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 outside of class. And and then along those and, and then and so at that time, we started programming more. And then James came into the fold. I think James was doing some programming too for some people. A lot of people were, were like, "Hey, let's do this together. You you have a network. We have a network. We want to reach more affiliates." Um, so that's how we all three got connected. We actually brought in a fourth. His name's Travis, who was one, running one of our locations, uh, our third location, which was the CrossFit Boston location. Um, and so we brought him in too, just to help as we expanded. And because we were expanding pretty quickly and we were offering more, we hit that, t there was a time where online programming really took off. Um, and so we just needed more infrastructure to help support. We had a lot of affiliates, a lot of individual athletes. So, yeah. So I'm going to fast forward the story because I want to make sure we have enough time for the CrossFit stuff and, and where we're going with all the affiliate um, tools and, and things like that. So Ham gets purchased by CrossFit or, and becomes CAP, which is CrossFit Affiliate Programming. Do you guys still do the programming for CAP or has it evolved where CrossFit kind of bought the list and now they're doing it themselves? Yes. Yeah. So 
we have a there's we have a we have a, a, a programming team at CrossFit now. I'm not on that programming team, but we have a programming team. Spencer still is a part of that. Spencer is a is a is a key stakeholder in that, and with a few others as well. Um, as obviously we have we do more than just cap programming as well. Um, and then for those that follow cap affiliates, we, you also see there there's a lot of other familiar faces you see in the videos and those types of things. Um, because so we do a lot of filming and content so i would say that so spencer's still a part of that but a, a larger programming team which adds to more robust resources and and also that you know there's also crossfit.com there's also other other avenues of programming that programming team works on which is really cool so um programming is a huge aspect obviously of what, what we do at crossfit and cap being sort of the cornerstone for affiliates but we also have other areas that that team supports too awesome so i believe it's when Dave was CEO briefly. He announced this structure where they're going to name affiliate leaders in different regions around the world to be able to communicate the message of CrossFit. I'm assuming you were, I think you were part of that first group. I was no? not. I was you not. were not. No. Ooh, yeah. look, look at you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's like, so we think about the the history of, of, I mean, that was obviously, it feels like 7,000 years ago at that time. And so from, and I think if I were to pull back at like the support for affiliates, right. Where we think about where we are now, where we used to be. I mean, historically there, there was, you know, we had a, we had a, we had our team that supported the affiliates just from a, uh, that transactional perspective, you know, Hey, you're going to sign up, become an affiliate. And then, and then you have, you have your affiliate fee. Then over the time, really, you saw, you know, as as you highlighted, there was there was start to be a shift of, hey, we need to communicate better with affiliates. How do we do that? Um, we have a lot of affiliates around the world, and we had, you know, we did have some country managers a little prior to that in different countries. A lot of that specifically from the language and the culture and the ability to meet the community where they are was 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 really important. Certain areas of the world where we we just struggled to communicate and and still do in some senses now, depending on the language barrier. Um, and, and then, so I came, you know, I came on after that. So after the actual, um, acquisition, um, and is when I came into my role and that was like, so that was a big shift for me when I went from owning gyms, running Reebok CrossFit one and, and all these other things to actually, you know, I've now moved on from all of those and I'm full-time in CrossFit. And I started out, um, managing the, the, the U S gym operation side of the house, um, and really from when I came on to really now it's, it's the, there was, there's been a lot of shifts in focus. The first shift initially in that first year of my time was to stabilize. I mean, we, you know, we were, it was super rocky as, as, as I'm sure you know, well, and, you know, it just, just stabilizing with where, you know, the business, the communication and the trust in the community with CrossFit, there was a lot of change, a lot of transition. And we, we, and the communication specifically with affiliates, we had a fragmented community um, because communication wasn't something that had been done a lot of. So we not only had to build trust, but we had to build avenues of trust and communication. Um, and, and then had to do a lot of listening to listen of, well, where are, our, what is the current state of our affiliate ecosystem? And and I think we also needed to get past COVID. COVID really obviously crushed our businesses and crushed our affiliates and coaches. And 
we just had to get through that, right? And what I mean by that is like, it was survival mode for everybody, including us of like, hey, like, let's just get to the other side. We were hopeful and we all like, you know, we, some, you know, in the beginning, we're like, when will the other side happen? Then when we realized we were going to get there from just, just all of the things that made business really tough, we knew that we just had to stabilize from that perspective. And that just, that took a lot of time and energy. Um, and, and then from there, we've been able to really start to shift to listen. And where are you? What do you need? What do you want? And, and, and start to understand, not only that, then really try to get a better understanding of the current state of the ecosystem. Um, Cause we have a lot of gyms, we have a lot of affiliates. We're all over the world in 150 countries. So how do we listen and then ident identify what are the areas and where are the areas that we should be spending our resources? Cause we can't do it all. What should we be doing? And then how do we make sure we do it effectively? Um, and so that's really the, that's sort of that, that condensed timeline over the last couple of years. But you know, that, that, that first year was like, that's the waters were, were, were wild. I mean, for everyone, right. For everyone's business. And, but thankfully we're really on the other side of that now. And we see that with our businesses and we see that in, in just the health of the ecosystem, which is really nice to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally off script now, but, what I what I find fascinating is because I'm at a lot of events, I talk to a lot of people at CrossFit HQ. And what I find fascinating and what gives me hope at this point is for years it was like, let's survive, let's get through this, let's let's look a year ahead. Now it seems like we're looking five years ahead. Like things have stabilized enough that hey, we can actually put a plan in place for what's going on. And that's what really lifted me up um, talking to a few executives at semifinals and the games, other events that have gone on. And then the Midwest athletic or af affiliate gathering um, that was like, I, le I left there pumped, ready to go. And I'm not even an affiliate owner. So I want to ask you this, instead of the negative, what assets does CrossFit have that you can lean into to help the affiliates grow? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And, you know, I couldn't agree more with that, you know, if now having the ability to look like, where do you want to be in five years in 10 years, what's our goal. And, and the nice thing is, is, is aligned incentives. So that's really where we start, right? Having aligned incentives of our goal is to have CrossFit the brand, be able to get in front of and reach more people, right? That's the power of, of the CrossFit brand. So this underlying thing is the methodology. It's the most effective methodology in the world, hands down. We love that. It creates unbelievable results and very sticky communities. And we have 13,000 affiliates around the world, which is amazing. Now, our goal is how do we reach more people? Right. Because we think and, and and because that needs to permeate down to our gyms. And we want more people walking into our affiliates. We want, so we want, we want CrossFit to affect more lives and change more lives. That's why we do this right to that point of, we did it ourselves. We became a coach and trainer. This is, and then we wanted to increase our scope to, to reach more people and, and share this with others. And we opened up our gym. So really our purpose is, is directly in line with our affiliates purpose, exposure, exposure to new audiences, something that we can do really well with the microphone we have. And the avenues we have is reach audiences that a lot of our affiliates, and I just think about when I was running my gym, you know, 
we weren't good at, I was, I'm not like, I was not good at talking to people. I wasn't n- normally talking to, it was really good at people. Now, so I'm walking to my gym. I'll give you everything I have. Right. Like that's the, I, and that was my mantra. You walk in my gym, I will do everything in my power to change your life. And I will give you every inch of everything I have because I care about you and, and this so much, but, but it's really hard to get someone that's nervous, that's scared to walk into the gym, to walk into any facility, let alone a CrossFit gym, if they're not aware of what CrossFit is. So awareness that, and you know, in, 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 in nerdy speak, that top of funnel piece. And, and I hear, and I hear a lot of affiliates ask like marketing, marketing, marketing. I pull that back to exposure. Marketing is important, but brand exposure is important. And then from there, being able to effectively bring awareness to CrossFit and then have that person end up walking into your gym. That's something where we can, that we are spending a lot of time and resources on is that transition. So what does that mean? So if someone, if we're able to expose CrossFit in some way, shape or form to a new audience, we need that person to then be able to easily find their local affiliate, reach out to the local affiliate and then walk into the gym. And, and that, and that's, and that's a journey that we're starting to build with our, with our gym finder, it, you know, our map, but it's, it's a completely different tool now for those of you that have seen the old map to where it is now. And it, we're just getting started there because when we have opportunities like the CrossFit games or the open, when we get a lot of eyeballs, we do some, and we also do some paid stuff and search to get our name up higher in front of audiences to, to bolster the strength. The call to action is find a gym, Right. And, you know, or learn more about CrossFit. That's really our, and we think about how find a gym or, or, you know, if you're not sure about a gym, learn more about CrossFit, right? But even still learn more about CrossFit always ends up walking to an affiliate. So those are, that's really where we're spending the majority of our, our time and energy from a brand perspective. That's where we can help the most. And it also aligns really nicely in sort of the next step is expectation and quality where we're going we are spending time and resources and energy to expose crossfit to more people and get more people in the gyms and it's happening but the next step is what are the expectations we have of our affiliates right, of our coaches when we hand that person off and th- and this is something that I, you know we hear a lot and I, you know I, I asked this at all the summits and i've actually you know i asked this i was at, i was at a summit this past weekend i was in boston so it was right in my uh, my backyard it over it had like 250 you know uh, affiliate owners and coaches there was a big one and you know asking the question of how many of you guys have heard someone having a poor experience at a crossfit gym and people raise their hand or you know, how many people you know are worried about the quality of a gym down the road people raise their hand and you know and i look at that as like well we have a responsibility to help make that journey better from an educational perspective from an expectation perspective our affiliates and coaches also have that we have that responsibility to continue to have a high expectation of themselves and that don't and and that's something that's really really important of not only it's not just knees out chest up but back heels down it's it's responding to that email right away that someone says i'm interested to making sure that you meet them where they are um, my hypothesis and our hypothesis from the data that we're seeing is a lot of gyms really struggle with that initial prospect to lead to onboarding experience because it's it's outside the skill set. Again, I just I use myself like that was not a that was not something I was I was well versed on is this notion of 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 lead management and making sure I took care of, of prospects and 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 the intricacies of that. 
you know, many of us also were the beneficiaries of if you build it, they will come <laughs> type of thing where people would walk in and the willing would walk in the door. Um, but how many people are on the periphery and that you're not aware of? How many people have we missed because, you know, our, our, our time to response isn't something what they expect? As we reach new audiences, that's something that their expectations are, are very high from that perspective. Because that's sort of, that's the, that's the day and age we're in. Um, so that's where we, we want to spend some of our, a lot of our time on is because that's where we can see a lot of, of impact on quality and brand perception, right? What, you know, the, the, you know, what are we doing about quality? I hear, you know, what are we doing to combat that CrossFit is dangerous or that type of stuff? A lot of that has to do with new audiences, not existing. You walk into any affiliate, 150 members, every one of them say they love their coach and they love their gym, right? So, I mean, very rare, you know, so we think that we extrapolate that out out of the 2.2, 2.5 million people doing CrossFit in our affiliates, right? Almost all of them are basically saying, I'm having, I'm having a great experience, right? What, so what does that mean? It's those that are coming in that maybe have their first experience that's not great for whatever reason, and then they leave and they don't have the opportunity. And so based off that math, we're seeing two or three times that amount of people that come in and don't stay. And then they tell their friend, I didn't have a good experience, so I didn't stay, right? And there's a lot of underlying factors how we can get that better. But when we think through that, that's really where we're, I think that when we think about impact, that's where we have a lot of opportunity to really make a massive impact um, on education, on awareness and support for one another, expectation. And that's the beauty of where we are as an ecosystem as well. Um, it's a mature ecosystem. We have a, you know, but, but we also, when we think about opportunity for us as, as our affiliates, I think, again, as a small business owner, you know, and, and I go back to what Greg said, just, you know, how do you judge an affiliate, right? How do you judge a gym? How well your people air squat and how clean your bathrooms are, right? And what, it, you know, pull that out a little deeper. Why? Well, how well your people air squat means you master the fundamentals, you limit your scope, and you know what you don't know, right? You know, it's a fool's errand to teach the snatch before the overhead squat, before the air squat, right? These are things that Greg has always, had always said, and, and, and that's really, really important. And then if your bathrooms are clean, and I look at that as how good are your operations? Do you, and, and your, the details matter, right? And that's not the sexy stuff, and it's not the stuff you sign up for either, right? You know, like I'm going to open up an affiliate and I'm going to just be the best bathroom cleaner in the world. But yeah, I think, I think one thing that like hit me hard at the, at the gathering was, or the summit was it's about how much you care and, mm -hmm. and that your customers know you care. That's where the clean bathrooms come in, right? It's not that you're a great bathroom cleaner. It's that you care enough to keep it clean for your people. And that I think yeah. we overcomplicate yeah. things. When CrossFit started, it was this simple thing about develop the fundamentals, grow intensity, you know, and, th and then move on. We have forgotten about that. We are not, we're, we're looking for like the fancy marketing, the fancy advertising, instead of getting back to our roots and just loving on the people that are inside our walls and they're going to share the experience with others. I love that. And, and I agree. Care, that underlying aspect of care, 
And it's funny you say that because, you know, it's it's that's the most important attribute. And I also I I also truly believe that every single one of our affiliates and coaches care. I will say this as a controversial take. Caring's not enough. You can't just care without action. Care needs to lead to action. So what does that mean? If you care about your people, like you said, and, and you want to and you want to actually improve their lives, give them everything you have, that needs to be the impetus to you continue your education. So when someone says, why should I, when I, why should I get my level three? It's because you care. Because you realize that that's going to make you better, give you the opportunity to make you better, to then give you the opportunity to deliver a better product. And that is because you care right? Why clean your bathrooms? Because you care about the experience that your members have. Why should you create systems and operations to, to handle, you know, your leads that hit your website and then make sure that you respond within, within a, a, a minute of getting that email and then have a human respond within, within under 12 hours? Because you've cared enough to learn how important that is to the initial customer experience. And that actually improves acquisition by 80 or 90%. And because you care, you do that because you want them in your gym. So I, I, and that foundation of care is so important. And, and, and as you said, it's easy to lose sight of that because sometimes uh, we start to major in the minors. We start to uh, think about these other things that, and, and oftentimes it's because of, um, you know, we think about when you're struggling, if things are hard, you start to think about things that, you know, you start to chase just revenue money, right? As opposed to, understanding what's going to get you there and and you and so you start to lose sight of actually the foundations and what we're trying to do so and i think that does root into some the our gym owners that are are struggling if you struggle things get really challenging and that's not just in crossfit but that's in life um, and i think that that's also where you know for us we really want to help our affiliate owners what can we do to help elevate the efficacy of a business to give a more opportunity to pull their head above water a little more, to give more time and opportunity to invest. Because it does take time, right? It takes time to learn. It takes time to do these new things. And it's harder to run a business now than it ever has too, right? And we and we all know that. It is harder to run a CrossFit affiliate today than it was 10 years ago. It's, that is the, you know, that's the beauty and the bane of, of, of growth and of, of fitness in general. Many other fitness entities have, have, have spurred from, the ethos of CrossFit, more people, which makes life a little harder. It's harder to, to get space. You know, it's, it's harder to find a place to, to have a gym, you know? And so it's, uh, these are things that they're not insurmountable, but we don't, we want to also recognize how do we support and help as, as we evolve, just like in fitness, right? It, we have, in order to garner adaptation 10 years in of doing CrossFit, we have, you know, we just have to be better coaches, right? A 10-year veteran athlete requires a better coach to identify those smaller form faults, those areas of improvement than a beginner athlete. Beginner athlete, you just say knees out, chest up, changes their life, right? 10 years in, it might just be move your hands a little wider on that pull-up, right? Point your elbows here instead of here on this movement. Those smaller tweaks could, could yield, again, smaller results than they add up. Same thing when it comes to running a business. So it's... I think in this, in these times, and, and this will be my last question is CrossFit has to ride a fine line. And there was, there was an affiliate owner who asked the question in the, at the summit that said, 
or made a, made a request, don't implement things to prevent people from, to, from sucking so that prevent, that then prevent me from being great. Mm -hmm. Right. They're an affiliate because they want, they don't want to be a franchise. They want to have some say in how they run their business and they want to make sure that we don't, we don't swing the pendulum too far to the people who suck and then prevent people from being great. So how do you ride that line in a time and age where bad news travels way faster than it ever did before? Mm. I, great question. And I, and I will, I will equate this, you know, nerdily to just a CrossFit class because it's the same question. I have a class of 10 athletes, one beginner, 10 year veteran. If I cater that class to the beginner, I will not make that advanced athlete better, right? That's why it's so challenging to coach a group of 10 athletes of mixed ability. That's why we have to become better, right? If I had 10 beginner athletes or 10 advanced athletes, much easier to coach. We have an ecosystem of 10-year affiliates, one-year-old affiliates, gyms that make over a million dollars and gyms that, that, that lose money and everything in between. When we think about what, what, what our goals are, it's a, they're aligned. One, we're not going to, like, like, like you said, we're not going to force you to do things, right? Because that's not who we are. We're not a franchise. We are, we, we're an affiliate system, but there's also expectation, which we've always had, right? Expectation is very important. And then for, and responsibility. And for us, we are going to invest more than we ever have for growth. Because we know that this is where we, that's the opportunity that we have. With that growth comes expectation of quality and responsibility, right? And, and then from there, if there's experiences that, that, we, that are happening that we, that we don't want to see, we should be able to be aware of that and give opportunity to make better. It's not, and, and because that's the, that's the age old fact. We are better together. Cream will rise to the top, as Greg always said. If you're not, if and if you're not delivering an excellent product, you're going to fail, right? That's that egalitarian that concept. Now, what we could, but what what we all would probably have liked and would like today is, hey, here's a bunch of things that work, and it's proven by a bunch of these other gyms. Would you like that? Yeah, right. Those are things that we can provide because we have such a vast ecosystem. We can culminate these best practices that are proven, and then be able to share that with our affiliates, and. And that's something that is really, really important and we're passionate about, but we can't force you to do it or, you know, and, and nor do we want to, right? Cause you need that underlying notion of care. If you handed me uh, say, Hey, here's a website that's proven to work. You don't have to do anything. I would have gladly said, yes, I don't want to make a website. <laughs> right. But you right. know, the importance of, and so, and the nice thing is that most of, almost all of our affiliates are the same way. It's like, I, I didn't get into this to do 90% of the stuff I have to do really. I want to coach change lives. How do, how do we, so how do we, you know, kind of thread that needle? So I, that's exactly where we're spending our time and we can't do it all. No, do we want to, right? That's another thing. So yeah, great question. So um, Jeffrey Birchfield, who is a school teacher says age old problem that we see in schools. How do you differentiate? Um, di by different, how do you differentiate, differentiate, 
athletes or students or or um, like efficacy of like schools or affiliates? I'm, uh, that's I'm not, I'm not well, sure. I think he's just, he's just agreeing with you, saying that they oh. deal with that in the schools where you have overachievers and underachievers, and and you've got to yeah. teach the entire yeah. class, right? It's and 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 again, and this is where it comes down to is like I I. I the best coaches, the best teachers are able to, to, to do that so well. Right. Like that's the, like, like, I mean, y'all remember a good, a good teacher from your life. They, they, they educated, they inspired and, and they entertained the whole class. Right. That's like, that's, that is the separator and it's very hard, no doubt. Um, and that it's, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a true master of their craft that can do that. It's hard. And, and, and that's why, like there's a lot of things that can make your life easier or harder in, in, in to deliver that product with a group of, of, of diverse abilities and capabilities. So there's one more comment I want to address. And then um, if you want growth, bring back media period. And you, your story alone is, you know, every second counts sucked you into the um, CrossFit realm. I know media brought me in Um yeah, are there any plans to do more media from CrossFit about what it does and how effective it is? Yeah, I don't have a lot of time because um, uh, I know, but I'll, I'll answer this one. And then, and I think the so the short answer is media has shifted and changed a lot within our ecosystem and space in general. We are, we are spending a lot of time and, and, and now being more collaborative than ever. And ever obviously a lot of change since the 2015, 16, 17 timeframe to where we are now. And the big thing that we're spending time on is where do we want to spend our time and energy on media to reach and show that CrossFit is different? We spent a lot of time and worked with a lot of people of, you know, what we're really good at is telling stories to ourselves, really good at that. And, and all the amazing things that happened inside our affiliate, all of those amazing things. And, but the, the challenge is how do we raise the eyebrow of those that are not in our affiliate? What resonates with them? And, you know, it's, and so how do we, how do we target that audience and spend, spend time to get them to then be interested in the life changing things that every one of our affiliates do. And we, and, and we, and that's, and, and, and it's a fine line because for some people, that's often not the reason why they're looking for a CrossFit gym, right? They find out that purpose as they go in, Right. They find out that they walk into a gym and they're like, this is different. So how do we get that eyebrow? Of like, this is something that's really special. Um, and, and then have that opportunity. So that's something that we're, that we're spending a lot of time on. We did the magic of cross earlier in the year, which is really good. And as we shift, and then if you, some of the stories that we, that we had throughout the open and the games were really good to highlight that. Now we're spending the time on of, how do we how do we reach this this a group of people that we call the willing, right? That are, that want to do something new, that are willing to engage and and do that work because that's what's so special about the affiliates, and that's something that um is that's where we're spending time on. So, and um and 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 I will I do have to jump because I'm a little late, but there there are things that take time, and so like you know with the Tyson thing, I see that on there, you know, it's be on the lookout for some fun stuff, you know, like, you know, um, you know with, with Tyson and whatnot coming down the pipeline. So it's, um, it's not lost on us. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Austin. I apologize for running over a little bit. 
Uh, if you are an affiliate donor, there are tools out on the website. Go to CrossFit.com. There is what's included, and it's an affiliate starter kit, um, owner roundtables, programming, playbook, marketing kit, and all that is linked in Austin's Instagram as well through his link tree. Check all that stuff out there. Thank you, Austin, for being with us today. We appreciate you. And again, I apologize for running over. We'll talk oh, to no, you. I, I, could, I could do this all day. So I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate everyone kind of chiming in. All right. Thanks, Austin. We'll talk soon. Bye. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview. <laughs> 